So we are, we've been going over uh, a series called We Are. And basically it's about who we are in Christ, who God created us to be, how he's designed us to live life to the fullest, to the um, uh, expectations of what is in his word. God doesn't say, well, you have to be this way and you have to be this way. He gives us the choice to live how we want. He gives us the ability to say, you know what, God, I'm going to choose to live for you and live my life the way that you have designed me to live, the way that you created me to live my life. So last week we went over that we are redeemed. We're set free from the curse of the law. We are um, right in God's eyes. God redeemed us. He paid a price for us to be set free. So this week we're going to go over a a different topic. But you guys ever had a moment in your life and you feel like you're, if anything else goes wrong, you're just like, I'm just going to throw in the towel and just like sit on the side of the road and cry. You know, if you're like, you feel like if anything else happens, if any anything bad happens, like, okay, um, the car's broke, the washer's broke, the um, the dog's broke, um, the, the kids are the kids are, are, are acting crazy, things are not working, and it's like, okay, I don't know what to do because all I want to do is sit on the side of the road and cry and suck my thumb like a baby. I mean, just like, you're that, it comes to a point where you're that, like, I just want to give up. Um, it, we have moments in our lives, we have times in our lives where it feels like the entire weight of the world is just like beating us down and we're just like, how do I get out of this? How do I, to, do I, um, move past this point? And, and in Sarah and I's life, and, and especially, um, I'm going to refer, I'm going to talk about Sarah and I in just a minute, but in my life, I noticed that when I started to grow, in my understanding of Christ, my love of Christ, and my willingness to serve him, I felt like I faced opposition. I faced people, uh, things, the, the, the enemy who attacked me and said, you can't do this. You're not called to do this. I was told by people, oh, well, you're not just, you're, you can't do this. You're, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this. They were giving me titles and uh, positions where this is what they thought I could be and said, this is what you can do, but you can't do this. See, with God, God doesn't put limits on us. He says, you know what? I can take the lowliest person and put them into a high place of leadership. He takes David, who is a shepherd boy, and puts him into a high place of leadership. God takes people who are ordinary and are um, in what the world sees as not worth a lot and takes them and puts them into a high place and puts them into a place of leadership and into a place of of um of people understanding and saying, wow, I can't believe that this person came from this and now they're here and they're leading people. We, um, there was a story about Billy Graham and, um, when he was a kid, um, he got, I don't know the full saying of the story, but he was basically a juvenile delinquent. Billy Graham was a juvenile. Him and his brother used to go out in the woods with a machine gun that they got from the war and they would cut down trees with it. And they would just basically load the gun up and just saw down trees with it on the back of their truck or Jeep, whatever they were using. So Billy Graham and his brother out two tracking, they pull up, hook the gun up on the back and just start cutting trees down with it. And basically these guys were, were, were holy terrors, but God used Billy Graham in such a great way from a juvenile delinquent shooting guns in the woods, taking people's trees out to leading hundreds of thousands, millions of people to the Lord. 
So God looks at people and says, you know what? You have value, and I see that you are going to move on from this place. David had a place of, of sorrow and pity where he's like, I don't know what to do, God. I don't know, what to, I don't know where to go. My, my enemies hate me. My friends hate me. My, my haters hate me. Everybody hates me, and I don't know what to do. And then he shook it off. No, um, anyway, uh, sorry. Um, but in my life, I had people who said, you know what, you're going to do this, and this is what we see you doing, and this is what we, we want you to do. And so when I started to grow in, in my giftings and what God had called for me, I faced opposition. Sarah and I have faced a lot of um, opposition in our lives, too, when it, come to, it comes to our ministry. God, God basically told me one day, I'm driving down the road, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm praying. God's like, you need to do this. You need to start a, a youth group. And I, I didn't even really know what he was wanting me to do. And I came home, I said, well, God told me to do this, and you're going to be doing most of the work because i got to work all the time. That's when she wasn't working. She was home, and she had Lana, and Lana was just born. I mean, like two, three months old, something like that. And I just said, you're going to be doing most of the work because I don't have the time to because I'm working full time. And she's like, okay. <laughs> she kind of threw a fit about it, but um, she's like, I don't really want to do this. Um, and it's been kind of a, a thing that we worked through. But um, we started facing opposition in our ministry, and Satan was trying to keep us from stepping forward in each step of our ministry. He started to uh, plant people. He planted traps of, uh, and snares and, and roadblocks in our way. Sarah was talking about boulders in the way. He was putting, there was boulders in the way that God had to move and that we had to move around to get to where God was trying to get us to, to start in our ministry. Trying to get us to quit, feeling like, okay, we can't do this. Why are we doing this? There's, there's two people showing up and like, what do we do? Then God shows up, then God moves and people start showing up. And then there's other times where people are like, you can't do this. You don't, this isn't right. And we're like, you know what? No, God told us, God gave us a clear vision of what we are supposed to do. So you're always going to have your naysayers. You're always going to have things in your life that try to beat you down and over and overcome you. But first, or excuse me, not first John, John 1, 5 says this. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has no over, has not overcome it. The truth is the darkness is Satan. Jesus is the light of the world. It talks about that. The truth is, is that the darkness does not have the power, never will have the power to overcome the light of the world, which is Jesus. We spend so much time worrying about what Satan's doing instead of, instead of looking at what God says and, and what the word of God says, what Jesus is saying. He says, I have overcome the world. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. That means we win. We, there, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mercy, I appreciate that. Um, the truth is the darkness does not win. It cannot shit. They, there's this scientific thing that they do and it says that, you know, light and darkness cannot be in the same room. You cannot have light and darkness. Basically it's this is darkness is the absence of light and light is the absence of darkness. Jesus is holy. He's pure. He's blameless. He spent the, he died on the cross for us to bring light to us so that we would be blameless before God. So when Jesus called us a city or called us a city on the hill, we're like a light, we're like a beacon for people to see us. Uh, one of the different translations of that scripture says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not, cannot comprehend it. 
The Greek word for comprehend basically is two words. One mean the, the word comprehend means to dominate, or excuse me, the word, uh, part of the root word is kata, which means to dominate or conquer. So the word comprehend doesn't mean I don't understand. It means to, part of it means to conquer. The second part is lambano, which means to seize or to grab hold of. So we understand that. I can't grab, I can't quite comprehend what you're saying. That means you can't grab a hold of what they're, they're you ever been speaking to somebody and they're just like, like, do you understand what's coming? And they're like, I don't understand, you know, and you're like, uh, let me explain it this way. So part of that word means to dominate and the other part means to grab hold of, to seize. So basically, it, it means when the light shines in darkness, the darkness cannot conquer or grab hold of. Satan and his, dark, and his forces and his minions, whatever you want to call them, and, and the darkness that is part of him does not have the power to put God's light out or to overpower God. God is always going to be more powerful than Satan. So when we think of, man, life is beating me down, I can't do this, what does God say? He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot grab a hold of or understand what it is cannot grab hold of or dominate over us. So you're probably wondering what we're still going to talk about, and I'll get to that in just a second. So the cool thing is, is as Christians, as born-again believers, we cannot be dominated or taken hold of by darkness. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who is born of God has overcome, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So we've been talking about our series of, we started our series last week of we are. We are overcomers. God says, I have overcome the world, so you are overcomers. If we are born of God, we are overcomers. I know I'm going into a couple different root words today, so we're going to do this. But I, I really want you guys to understand, because some of these words that we read on a daily basis, we don't even comprehend what they mean because we don't understand what they are. So the Greek word for overcome is niku. It means to conquer, niko, excuse me. It's N-I-K-O-S. It means to conquer, to have victory. It portrays an athlete being a winner. A lot of times you, um, it was a word that was given to boxers or runners in the Greek um, and basically in the Olympics, in the Greek games, it was given to a person who was seen as an overcomer. And when we walk by faith, it says that, in 1 John 5, 4, it says that God has overcome the world. This is the victory that, that has overcome the world, even our faith. So that when we walk by faith, we enter into a real-life competition. Our lives, when we're born again, and when we wa- start walking by faith, we enter into a real-life competition. We're not competing against each other, but we're in a competition and we're put into a ring against something immediately. We have, the moment we choose to walk with God, we're put into the ring immediately. The contest begins immediately. The contest is, the, the prize is, is we get to go to heaven and be with God. We get to spend eternity with him. But we're thrown into a, uh, a ring immediately. The one thing that the Bible never promises and that God never promises us is that we will live a trouble-free life. Sarah and I have discussed this many times. She's like, why can't we just have no problems? I'm like, you would be in heaven. 
and um, and I and I'm going to go into this a little bit more. She goes, why can't we just have one week with no problems? I said, even if we had no problems, it still wouldn't meet up to what you want for no problems. She's like, it just has to be perfect. I'm like, yes, you'd be in heaven. So God never promises a trouble-free life. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll say for a fact that at, at some point in your life, if you haven't already faced it, you will face something that comes to into the ring trying to knock you out, drag you out, and overcome you. And knock you out of the game. Second Corinthians four nine four nine, excuse me, not nineteen. Second Corinthians four nine says, We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We've been knocked down, but we're not destroyed. What happens is is we get born again. A lot of people get they become Christians, they get born again, and then something it may not be a big thing, but for them, going into, going into their Christianity, they think everything's going to be great. God's going to love me and everything's just going to be, you know, like it's going to be like a, a, a walk through the park and all the flowers are, and it's not. That's one of the biggest lies people are like, if you're born again and you, you accept Jesus as your Savior, everything's going to be perfect and nothing bad is going to happen. And they're like, great. And then two weeks later, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because what happens is, is they face some kind of trial or persecution that they can't deal with because they've believed that everything is going to be perfect. So, Paul says we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. That song said, you never will leave us. You'll never forsake us. Paul says we're knocked down, but we aren't destroyed. We're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We're never out of the game because we are overcomers. You ever watch UFC or boxing and there's, there's two people and they're both good and one guy just taking a beating. He's just getting the crap beat out of him. And you're like, that dude is going down. And all of a sudden, like one minute later, he's got the other guy tapped out. He, he's got him in an arm bar and he's just looking at him, he's like, no, no. And he's just tapping out and the ref's like, let's, okay, it's done. And I'm watching this, um, this one fight and this guy is just, he's bloody. He's beaten. He's like, I think he's like four rounds. This guy's just beating him to like a bloody mess. And all of a sudden he just takes him, throws him down and just puts him in an arm bar. And he's just like, the guy's like, I'm like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? This guy looks like hamburger. You know I mean? He's like, and all of a sudden he just knocks the guy down, throws him in an arm bar. And I'm like, wow, that was quick. But he took a beating for four rounds. Sometimes in life we're going to take a beating and it feels like, man, I'm never going to get out of this. The punches keep coming. Everything is going to destroy me. My face is hurting. My body's hurting. My fingers hurt. Everything is hurting. And this guy, and whatever is fighting me is destroying me. Just like that fighter, we have to have that mindset, I'm not going to be overcome. I don't care if you're, you're 10 rounds and you're beating me to death. I am going to overcome. I am going to have victory no matter what. That guy, I don't know how many times the guy would just, like, one time the guy just came up and ju- did a jump and just punched, and the guy goes down on the ground, and, he, and he, he just kind of staggers down on one knee, gets back up, and that's the way we are. As Christians, we should be that way. We get knocked down, but we get right back up. We don't get hit and say, you know what, that's it, I'm done, I can't, I can't keep going. We get back up and say, I will overcome. 
because it says God has overcome the world and we are overcomers. If we are born in his, into his family, we are overcomers. We are those people. Whoever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is our creed. We will not be overtaken. We will not be destroyed. We may be knocked down. We may be feel like we're going to give up. But God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he goes, this is who I am. If Jesus has overcome the world, we are overcomers. Satan's going to try to attack you, I guarantee you, especially when you start going into any kind of um, deeper walk with God, any kind of uh, thing that God is telling you to do. Satan's like, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to do anything I possibly can. I'm going to damage you as much as I possibly can to keep you out of your destiny. God's like, I have a destiny for you. I have a plan and a vision for your life. And when we start to walk in that plan and that vision for our life, Satan's like, hmm, how can I trip you up, put a boulder in your way, throw a snare in your way, throw somebody that doesn't really, that is working for me, who doesn't like you, how can I put them in your way to trip you up? How can I bring your past to remind you of what you did so I can deter you from your future? Satan is always going to try to come and knock us down when we start to go deeper into the things of God, when we start to have a deeper relationship with God, when we start to serve him in a greater way. The cool thing is, is we have a supernatural ability to get right back up. You ever, I remember in school, there was always this one kid and he would like, they, there was always random fights here and there. This kid would get that crap beat out of him. He'd get right back up. Nope. He'd run right back in there and try to go back in. He'd get knocked down, get right back up, start running back in there. And I'm like, my gosh. And this kid was never gave up on anything. It was a football track, basketball, whatever it was. He would get back up and just, I'm going back in there. He would never give up. He had a supernatural ability to get back up and say, I am not going to be defeated. John 16, 33 says, I have told you this so that you may be at peace. You may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying that I have overcome the world because he's reminding us of what our destiny is. He's reminding us. You wouldn't see this many times Jesus reminding us as believers that he has overcome the world because he just wants to say that to us. He's reminding us because we need that encouragement. We need to be reminded of this is who we are. We are overcomers in Christ. What Jesus is talking about, it says when he says, I have overcome the world, the grammar that they actually used in that is actually, it's not a one-time victory. It's not, hey, I've overcome the world 3,000 years ago, and good luck after that. What he's saying is, this is not a one-time victory. This is a continuous, abiding, day-by-day victory that I continue to reign in. He's not saying, well, I overcome the world 3,000 years ago, and that one day I did it, and now... Just keep talking good to yourself and hopefully you'll get through. He's saying, my overcoming this world, my defeat of Satan is a day-by-day continuous victory reminding Satan of what I've done and encouraging us 
to continue on. So it's not like, oh, I just overcame the world, yep, mm, 3,000 years ago, and now I got to do it every, uh, now we got to go out and do it on our own. God's saying, I am doing this for you. I go out every, he goes out before us every day and overcomes things and defeats things that can, we cannot defeat because we are his children. You will face opposition in your life. You will face trials. You will face tribulation. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I'm not very good at sugarcoating things. Ask my wife. Um, but the confidence we have is that God has overcome the world. That Jesus has overcome the world. When he died, was crucified, died for our sins, took the keys of death and hell, he overcame Satan. He overcame the world. Satan is powerless over God. And as his children, he has given us the power to be supernatural and to be fully empowered to say, you know what? No, whatever is coming, whatever is going on right now, I'm not going to be defeated because he has overcome the world and I'm an overcomer in him. He is still doing every day he... Before we wake up, he's already out there doing what he says he's doing. I'm overcoming the world for you. I've overcome the world. I'm continuing to fight for you every morning before you even wake up. You don't even know what he's doing for you. He continues to take the blood of his son and cover it ahead of you. He goes before us. He's moving the boulders out of the way. He's taking the blood of his son and covering us paving the way for us to walk into where he has for us. He's making what is, is unholy, holy by his son's blood. Romans 8.37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We have overwhelming victory. Our enemies are using butter knives, and we're using missiles. How you doing? God says that he's telling Paul, Paul is writing the Romans, and he's t- the church in Rome was a highly persecuted church. They were, they were very hidden away in, in some aspects. But he's, he's writing to them and he's encouraging them. If you read any of the um, letters that Paul has wrote, he's basically encouraging all the churches because they're, going, they're dealing with persecution. They're dealing with areas that they have never dealt with. They're, a new, they're new churches, they're young churches, and they're leaders. He's encouraging them and he's encouraging the people. And he says, despite all things, overwhelming victories, excuse me, overwhelming victory is yours through Christ. Christ is our victory. He is our banner. So when we life hits us and we're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how to deal with this. We look to scripture and it says that we are overcomers because he has overcame. He overcame the world. And every day he goes before us and he takes the blood of his son, and covers our way. He covers our life and says, you know what? I am overcoming them for you. I am defeating them for you because I have overcome the world. 
1 John 5, 4 says, everyone who is born of God, that means we're born again, believe in his son, overcomes the world. God overcomes the world for us. It's like that, that athlete that keeps running. Paul talks about he keeps running that race. He, he knows the end and he keeps running. No matter if his feet are sore or something trips him up, he is constantly looking and saying, I'm going to keep running because I know where the prize is and I know who God is and I know that he has overcome the world for me. And if God has overcome the world for us, what stands in our way? What, what can stand in our way that is going to defeat us? Paul says we get knocked down but we're not defeated. We get, we get back up. We have the supernatural ability of Christ living in us to get back up and to keep running, to keep going forward into what God is calling us to do. Paul talks about a runner, and he says, you know what? We run the race to get the prize. So when Paul is talking to these, these churches, he's saying, Keep going, keep running, because God has overcome the world for you. The, the trials and the tribulations that you face on a daily basis, they're minuscule. You think you're going to get knocked down and stay down, but God's like, I've overcome the world. He's encouraging them to keep going in what God has called them to do. We look at these, we look at the letters of Paul and say, man, these are so powerful, and they're, and they're encouraging to us. I don't know what it would have been like to be one of those churches in one of those towns, whether it's Ephesus or Corinth or Rome, and getting these letters and be like, they're dealing with persecution, they're dealing with a lot of things, and going, yeah, we've overcome the world. I mean, we we see these because they're powerful, but what were they like to the, to that church, to that that young pastor or whoever was leading, saying, Paul's telling us that we have overcome the world. This is divine. This is Holy Spirit inspired words for that church but it's as a whole it's inspired for all of us as believers so these churches are are dealing with persecution or they're dealing with with troubles and trials and and paul's writing these letters saying god has overcome the world he's overcome it for us so you don't have to fight that battle let him fight that battle for you be an overcomer because your father has gone before you pulled the boulders out of the way cleared the road for you fixed the bridges, made a way for you to be an overcomer. Paul says to the Corinthian church, we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We may feel trouble, we may feel trials, but we're not abandoned. We're not left off on the side of the road. God doesn't go before us and say, okay, good luck, now you're done. I'm I'm done. I'm going to leave you here by yourself. We're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. You guys ever been running and trip? I, I go running and... If you've ever been on my road, it's like Pothole City. One ninety second is like it kind of just looks like this. Um, and so I run, but I run around the corner towards the, the camp. And there's times where I'll just be da da da, have my earphones in me. I also just bam, I just step in some pothole, and it's just like oh, I'm like you know trying to look out composed in front of the neighbors. I'm like oh yeah, I'm I'm okay, yep, and and just like I'm like mm, I'm hurting. It's kind of like that in life. As, as believers, it's like we step in a pothole or something trips us up, and it's like we try to compose ourselves. We're in pain, but it's like I'm going to keep going because God is going before me. He's going ahead of me, making a way, filling those potholes in, which I'm more, you know, run on the road a little bit more in the center so I can see those. But God is filling. He's smoothing the way for us. He's overcoming so we don't have to. 
We're overcomers by default. As children of God, we're overcomers because we have his name. We are his children. We are overcomers because we are his children. John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light will never be overcome by darkness. It cannot dominate it. It cannot grab a hold of it. We are free. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are set free so that we can be more than conquerors. We have the ability. What Satan tries to do is he knows who wins in the end. He knows where his destination is in the end. But what he tries to do is he sets up those places to trip us up. To make us feel, if Satan can get us out of the mindset of, I'm an overcomer, he can get us into that mindset, I can't do this, I don't know what to do, I'm not talented enough, I'm not gifted enough, I can't speak, I can't, I don't know how to, how to serve. He's going to try to trip you up to take you out of the game before you ever reach where God has called you to reach. Because if he can get you out of the game, he's like, I'm not worried about them. They're so afraid of, of not doing something right. First time I preached, it was ugly. I mean, there was a couple weeks ago, it was pretty ugly too, but, um, if I had sat at that first time and said, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, I, and, and allowed that mindset of, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, where would we be? Where would we be? Where would I be? Where would I be walking into the, the grace that God has given me to do things? Or would I be sitting on the side of the road going, oh, I guess I'm just going to sit here because I'm not good enough. God has overcome for us, but Satan's going to try to trip you up. He's going to try to trip you up out of your destiny, the calling that God has placed in your life. He's going to try to take you out before you even start to walk in it. When he sees you taking that first step, he's going to be like, I'm going to put my foot in there and trip him up. He's going to try to overcome you mentally, keep your mind out of the game. It's just like boxing. You see those boxers, they come up next to each other, and one's talking smack, trying to, trying to get the other one out of the game. He's trying to mentally take you out before you even start. He's trying to trip you up. He's trying to overcome you mentally. Get your mind out of the game because if he can get if he can win your mind, your body will not follow. But Jesus says, "I have overcome the world." 1 John 5:4. For everyone who born of God overcomes the world, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. We're never promised perfect life, but we are promised that God has overcome for us, and we will be overcomers as his sons and daughters. So as we go out this week, we're going to, I know, I mean, we face things, you know, I don't know what's going on in your guys' life. I know in my life sometimes, and on a weekly basis, it's, it's little things. And it's like sometimes you allow those little things to take you out. It's like, well, the boss said this or this person said this and, and this is going on and the car's not doing this and the washing machine's not doing this and the, and the, you know, this is going on. And it's like, remember that we have overcome the world. No matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what, how we feel, remind yourself, I am an overcomer. God has made us overcomers because we are his children. We don't have to sit back and be in fear. We don't have to worry about it.